This is excellent. Welcome to the Spring Office Hours podcast. My name is Deshaun Carter. Thank you for joining today. We are going to talk about scaling to zero with Spring. But first, let's go around. Let's go around the room. Let's see what's happening. Dan is in flight. He's on his way here to Kansas City to hang out with me. I'm super excited for that. Uh, I'm going to do a quick audio check. How's my audio doing? Can everybody hear me okay? I want to make sure. I've, I've had some audio problems in the past. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the high quality audio. And I'd also like to bring in my good friend, my longtime friend, the reason for the season. He's why I'm here. My good friend, Josh. Josh, backstage, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Hey, Hi. I can't hear Josh. Oh, let me fix it. Can I hear you now, Josh? Morning. Can you hear there, me? I can hear you. Can everybody hear Sweet. me and Josh? And Glenn is here. Glenn is Glenn. here. Give me the thumbs up. We've you got should a get nice him on the show. I, That's, Glenn has been on the yeah. show. I mean, and right now. Just bring him. He's he's the good guy. I, I, yeah. I will send him the invite because the more the party. Married, especially for today, uh, Glenn, if you have your Slack open, I am going to send you the invite because... This is fun. Yeah. And it's a great time to be a spring developer. So I'm going to go ahead and send in the morning. <laughs> so why don't you explain that 630 in the morning? Because the reason that we're starting later than normal today is because, Josh, where are you? Uh, 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 Sydney. It's where they keep the kangaroos. And uh, yeah, it's just it's good to be here with you. And what time is it there? 636, which is 630 in the morning. I appreciate but, uh, it. But only because I am uh, – well, I mean, I'm sorry I was not able to join earlier. But um, but I'm also taking – I have a flight to uh, Melbourne today. So I'm going to go to Melbourne, do some stuff, and then come right back same day. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those days. It's going to be – yeah, you're – you kind of, it seems from my perspective, you kind of go in spurts like, hey, if you're going to leave the country, you're going to leave the country. You go and you travel and you do things. And then you kind of take a break, uh, maybe get to hang out for a little bit. And that's awesome. And then you kind of do the deep dives and we always get the great videos and the great demos. And then you kind of hit the road again. Yeah. Sort of the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's started slow, but it seems to be picking up real fast. I got a yeah. question. Are you going to be at spring one? Me? I mean, if yeah. they invite me, yeah. If they let me. Probably yeah. going to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's right around the corner. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. Maybe, they'll, and maybe they'll let me in. Who knows? Just joined. Glenn. Oh, oh there's trouble. There. There's trouble. Look at this. Oh, we have the crew. Uh, <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Right, thanks so much for joining. <laughs> Talk about last yeah, minute, Connie. I just said, hi. <laughs> you know, well, here's one reason. One reason, because I like the energy that you two provide. I get energized when you're both around and when when i get to even just be a fly on the wall of those conversations you guys have great energy together uh, so i figured the more the merrier josh I, I have to i have to let you know i'm a little jealous of deshaun right now um just from the heart Wait, because barbecue the barbecue yes yeah dan is on his way he's he's making the trip so that we can have the barbecue yeah. and yeah wait he's on his way to your place kcdc is happening this week oh okay. we're, we're gonna do a lot of barbecue Barbie. As much barbecue as possible. Q. Burn ends all the way. Burn ends is Burn ends on the agenda for this week. So this is great. Uh, so I'll shout out. We have a few folks that have been around. Simon actually has been uh, here. Uh, he kind of shared, let everybody know. He was, he's was he been in the chat for over an hour, just kind of waiting, letting everybody know, hey, yeah, we're going to be a little bit late today. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we have some regulars. Thomas is here saying hello. He's at JCon today i know yeah. i keep seeing all my friends there I'm like oh, i'm missing out Cologne, and there, but, you know awesome t-shirts that he's going to be parading around jaycon uh, around his spring view component that is server-side rendering for spring and with time leaf in the back end which is pretty cool and he's asking about eclipse store have you guys heard of eclipse store yeah it, it's basically persistent collections right like that was that's cool stuff yeah yep we got folks from all over saying hello hello so i just want to say that thanks you for the audio check uh and we can hear things so this could be dangerous just saying oh. it can happen, it can happen. Right. 
Glenn, where are you at? Well, right now I'm actually setting up for an Atlanta Java users group tonight. So what's the topic? Oh, it's going to be awesome tonight. What's the topic? Um, It is tonight. It's actually Valerie Regas is giving a talk on the product does it develop itself, developer self-care to avoid burnouts. That's a good one. That's a high quality. Yes. Is that going to be recorded? I might want to share that with my good friend, Josh. (laughs) Just want to make sure that Josh and you, like I've seen all the spring releases that are coming out. And yeah, let's, let's take a look at what's happening. So one of the things we like to do is just remind everybody about the spring releases. We take a look at the spring calendar. So I'm going to. Oh my gosh, let's go there. What a calendar, calendar that stuff. spring that I own. Calendar. Wow. Yeah, let's see if we can do this. Uh, I'm going to switchy, switchy. Oh, that didn't work. I'm already in the playground. I'm already playing with three, two in the snapshots. It is fun. It is. That's amazing. So Loom crack. there's lots of stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Loom support. We're going to talk about crack today because we're going to talk about scale to zero. Uh, but one of the things that we're trying to do here in office hours is just keep everybody aware. Uh, one of our other friends, Oliver, today, uh, I saw a little comment from him. The idea of it doesn't matter what what it is. Software. If you aren't upgrading software, there will be a CVE at some point. So the idea of staying on the latest and greatest is it's an important one, no matter what you're dealing with. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's uh, COBOL and it hasn't been touched since 1980. And so eventually there will be a CVE. And one of the practices that we want to deliver is staying on the latest and greatest. It's so, such an unreasonable posture to want to stay in an old version forever. I don't know it? how people, uh, how do you, I just, the idea that I, you're going to write software is just going to stay where it is forever. Just who who taught somebody this idea? It's not a we, we have reproducible builds. That's not the same thing as like viable. You know, like it's yeah. it's like this. I love retro things, but there's a point where retro is not good. Like things in the refrigerator retro bad. Mm. <laughs> okay, eventually bugs will be found. You know, yeah. yes, bugs. CVEs, like you said, yeah. and and you know when somebody asks a question and I, you know like on a support question, I'm like, what's you know first question I ask is what version you're on, so I know okay where do I test? You know, is it a previous version that's still supported? You know, current version, whatever. And then you see the one from like two or three years ago, and you're like, oh man, ooh, um, that one's no longer supported, uh, and uh, that's Java eight, and that hurts. <clears throat> so funny thing is when I'm talking to customers, if customers have upgraded to Java 11, typically they're already upgrading to Java 17. So yes. of the orgs that I'm dealing with and seeing, uh, they are there are more on Java 8 trying to get to Java 17 than there are on Java 11 trying to get mm-hmm. to Java 17. Because once you've practiced it, once that's been a part of your posture, a part of your culture of adopting the newer better, then it's easy. And I think that goes back into uh, just the software development. We don't expect things to be able to run forever. That's not a good posture. Uh, A better posture is like, hey, when there's new releases like here on the calendar, it's a good practice to take the new releases. I like to say if my tests pass, take it to production, right? If you have tests that are passing, why not take it to production? Are you going to hit one of the edge cases from the snapshot or whatever? I've seen Josh do snapshot demos hundreds of times, literally hundreds of times. And never be afraid. And I'm not. So outside of these new releases that are coming. So what do we have this week? Spring Kafka, security, a bunch of security releases. Spring Vault, which came up uh, on my stream yesterday. Spring Authorization Server. Spring Cloud Dataflow. Hello. And Spring for GraphQL, Spring Integration, Spring Session, all a lot of new releases. And the thing is, these releases are coming out so fast that it feels like, at least for Spring Session, I think there's a release for Spring Session last month. Uh, I think I'm expecting a Spring Shell release, or did it already come out? There's a Spring Shell 3.0.1, but these, these releases are coming out fast. So sometimes we're talking about the same project getting released, and it feels like, oh, we just mentioned that a couple of weeks ago because that's how fast things are moving. When things are found, that's what this 
greater spring king does they get out new releases one of the other topics that's come up is like what does that mean for me if i don't have commercial support and i put in a bug well i i also i file issues and i try to you know file patches um but i don't have commercial support so my issue that gets submitted to a project doesn't get prioritized compared to somebody with commercial support so that the limited team they get to go in and and fix the ones for the commercial support right and can you blame them i can I mean, given there's only a finite number of days in the year and things we can do yeah it's natural if i don't understand that idea either like infinite extended support open source that doesn't it's not a thing yeah. so these are toys these are the like toys to play with they're fun I, I, mean, I have. come on, let's let's lift it up for the toys you get with all these updates. I yeah. mean, really, you know, it's like, I mean, was it the three one release? The, the, you know, just being able to test. You know, just it's like, okay, I'm going to run the app with test containers right here, right now. Let's just do it. Let's go. What does it look like? I don't have to do any setup. It's just what there. And it's yeah. like, isn't that nice? I'm like, part of what I'm working with Task now is like, you know, all those old samples I have. They're going to go do that. It's like test container. Just start the test. Everything's running, and you got a free ephemeral world of happiness. Do you feel the happiness, everybody? I, I feel. Do, do you I, feel the happiness? I, I like doing what I do. Uh, in this, yeah, these releases. Take them. If you're using any of these products, projects that are on the screen, uh, all I'm saying is, go grab the latest version. Not just for taking it product to production, but also to give feedback to the team. They need you to take the new version so that we can find things. Find, issues, find ways to make it better, and that's a good practice to be in. Well, it's like I think it was like the three one. Was it three one or is it three two? I think it's three one. It's like now test containers are in the bomb. You don't have to put version numbers anymore. Whoa. I think it's what, was that was that three one, Josh? That sounds right. I mean, I haven't put version numbers. I think numbers, it's three so one. It's like you don't have to have. I think, uh, I, think you're right. I, I think it is. So you know all those test numbers, those the version numbers you always had to put in your test container. Yep. Don't do that anymore. Let me do that for you. Be Enjoy the happiness. This is, Once yeah. again, feel it. Enjoy it. So one thing I learned recently, I didn't know that Spring Cloud Data Flow was a part of the VMware Spring Runtime. I just yeah. learned. Yes. And so I think that Spring Cloud Data Flow is a big enough, fun enough project that maybe we ought to revisit that on the show sometime. So no pressure. No pressure. I'm just saying, no, no. you know, a thing or two. And well, uh, it'd be fun. And now we got a new release. So I think it'd be fun to kind of revisit Spring Cloud Dataflow. In all all right. Awesome. That was easy. So yeah. that's, that's, did the I say yes. You did. I, you totally, totally committed, totally committed to it. Um, so, yeah, on the show, normally we like to go over the, the calendar. What else has been going on? Tell me some stories. What's, what are some cool things in the Spring ecosystem that are tickling your fancy these days? I just saw, I was just playing with that. Uh, my friend Jackie, he released this, you know, completely open, you know, completely like separate community driven, has nothing to do with us, um, thing that works with the chat GBT, right? Nice little Ooh, yeah. Spring Boot starter for that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. So. Yeah, you see. Have you checked out the experimental project, uh, Spring CLI? Have you looked at yeah. that lately? Yeah. Our good friend Mark Pollock has incorporated some of the Chat GPT goodness in there, so you can say, "Hey, Spring CLI, give me a boot project with Data JPA and Web and Timeleaf." Right. And, and you'll, you'll get something. You'll get something. But the idea that this is kind of a new way, like the the way that the CLI is changing. Uh, Dan Vega also did a, a example, ChatGPT with Spring Shell, of being able to ask, hey, help me with this project. Like there's some of these really cool, interesting things, and we're just scratching the surface. Oh, I saw that you've got a recent video on the Spring Boot ChatGPT uh, on your channel. Soft oh, yeah. That was, but it, but uh, that's already outdated. Like there's already new stuff. I'm since pull request things are getting better like you can watch the video but just know it's going to get even easier you know um there's some cool stuff there like it, it uh functionally it already does what you need to do so you could try it out today but where i'm trying to make it a little bit just a little bit more a little bit more code 
I wanted to do uh, native Gravium, you know, like yes, automatically. So I'm I'm working on that. But, but yeah, basically, just I mean, just this is a cool ecosystem. It I, is. I just I'm a fan. I am a fan. What else is out there that's kind of amazing? I mean, we mentioned has me excited. Um, yeah, that's dope. topics that is important coming out of that. Uh, I'm going to do a workshop tomorrow. Uh, and we talk about how you're going to arrange your code, you know, versus or by uh, feature versus by layer. And now, right, that, that that face you just made, that's the face that I make for a few reasons. This idea of being able to start in a monolith and separate things. Uh, the mm -hmm. idea, even with this Spring CLI, one of the things that Mark has kind of introduced is imagine our spring projects. You know, we, we kind of have a good understanding. We have these getting started guides from those. Yep. Well, with his CLI, you can basically go, hey, give me the getting started for Spring Web. And it'll put Spring Web into your project, the getting started guide, basically the done example of the getting started guide. And it's in its own module. <laughs> and it's for and it's set up like a modulith. So that you can yeah. add and remove Spring Data JPA. Spring batch. You could add and remove these getting started examples easily. Yeah. And if you're set up like that, then it's kind of easy to do, or it's much easier conceptually to add and remove these blocks, these features from your your application. So that just that thinking thinking forward and, and trying to envision this future for Spring developers that I want to be a part of, that capability that is reason enough for me to make sure that I'm delivering my software in these feature buckets instead of by layers. By layers, the worst is so, oh, it, and because you just see this proliferation of like public types everywhere. And I just think, well, did we not learn anything about encapsulation? You know, if, if everything's supposed to be public, then, you know, maybe, maybe Java is not the language for you, you know? There's a whole reason that by default, things are not public. Uh, it just seems, you got to think that was not the intended default, and and yet we seem to fix it to every single thing, yeah. and that enables these disgusting like arrangements of code. Just just try it, people. Just try and remove the word public from all your classes. See what breaks. That that's your graph. Things I, are broken. Those are your graph. I can say that it was Jakob's demos were the first time where somebody where it resonated. Mm -hmm. Here's how you should do things, and it was you know I probably saw multiple uh, examples of that, but yeah. He was definitely the first one that kind of pointed me in that direction. And I get it. Well, see, I feel I don't all modulithy. Don't you all feel like a little yes. modulithy over yeah. this? I and mean, I, think I do all my demos live in one single code page. And yes. people always ask me, how do you how do you have multiple classes profile? I'm like, you can only have one public class. That doesn't mean you can't have more than one class. People don't know. They think you have to create a brand new file yeah. and create a new class. I get quite that. And that's one of the cheat codes. That's one of the first yeah. cheat codes you told me is just do it all in one. Go. And then you can see it. You can always go back and forth. And it was easy to navigate. It was easy for the demo. And it it makes sense. And plus, you go faster. So yeah. your demo. Your yeah, that's one of those shortcuts that uh, it's great for getting out the door, right? Keep it in your head. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, for a small enough app, it's. Yeah, it's great for just being done. Like, it's only when you start to get like the real, real multiple, you know, domains. You know, you start to think, okay, well, maybe another package would be okay. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but that that's when modulus kicks in, right? Let's enforce those mm -hmm. rules. Let's let's yeah. architecturally yeah. say these are the rules that we're going to have for our domain, right? So here's a domain, here's a domain. We just like, well, here's our four domains. Here are the rules for each of those domains. You know, those each of those domains is a package. And now, once we establish that at compile time or at testing time, I should say, not uh, you can go in and say, "Have we? Has somebody reached in and grabbed a public thing from this class that they shouldn't be have access to?" Right? <laughs> and then, then it leads you to the question, "Oh, well, shouldn't that been private in the first place?" Or and it gives you that extra layer of good architectural uh, uh, resilience, so you can create a small monolith, or, or sorry, a large monolith, but modularized or in some cases even having a microservice it's a bit the service is a bit heavy that microservices doesn't mean small it means it's a service no. it might be large and it may have two or three domains in it why not have a module that, you know may have those modules there and have spring module help you to kind of build a very solid project 
So that's always fun. Sig asked the question, isn't it easier to maintain if you use different files for classes? Uh, no. Why would it be? What? If, for a small enough code base, it's... Okay, imagine you're writing a, a letter to somebody, okay? And then imagine you had to write every single letter on a different... Every single paragraph, just each one with three or four sentences. You had to write each paragraph in a, in a separate piece of paper. And you had to keep the... You wrote the first paragraph. Then, as you wrote the second paragraph, you have the first. You have the new piece of paper on top of the first piece of paper. That's not. That's not easier to write. Nobody writes like that. That's ridiculous. You want to see your whole letter in one place. I like that, man. Yeah. That was that was a good example. Uh, solitary. Or imagine, process. imagine you're making food and you can only like prepare and make one ingredient at a time, and everything else has to be back in the fridge. It, what? No, it get it all there. Start slicing and icing. Good question. Good question. And good answer, solitary Turian. It depends. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. The uh, the spring modulus. I think one thing that a lot of people are still confused about the ones that haven't tried it is really it's just kind of rules, right? Doesn't it just kind of enforce rules like, hey, we yep. want our things uh, defined this way, separate your features this way? It's really just a set of rules. That no, are, it's actually well, more, but than also that. enforcement. And it's enforcement. enforcement. Yeah. It's, an, it's yeah. a, you can you could declare how you want your rules, right? It has a good set of defaults. Then you can enforce those rules at by tests. It also generates documentation of your modules, but then also how, also has a communication. So it facilitates the ability that I can have a, like two modules instead of me going in and grabbing and making calls to this given. Y'all, do you see me reaching out to the virtual yeah, things yeah. here? Uh, For those that are going to be listening later, he's reaching into the air. Okay, so so instead of me always having to grab like and make calls into it, why not send it a message, right? Hey, could you yep. do this for me? Why make a why make and reach into that package or that module and make a call? I could send in the message. Go do this for me. Go do this for me. And so Even it has a message. Yes, yeah, so it has a messaging framework with it as well, and which facilitates again a module is its own. Uh, a body that sticks to its domain and it may send signals to others, but they don't have to have what direct knowledge of my module. They just know that they got a message and they need to take action. So it's, it's more than, you know, what you think of again, is it, it's rule declaration, it's re re enforcement documentation. And then finally that messaging, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Bali, 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 you just nailed it boss. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, surprise, yes. surprise. Thomas says, I'm excited about reading Oliver's book. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good thing. So, yeah, what else? Anything else top of mind these days? Before oh. we begin, for anybody that's watching, if you've got questions, throw them in the I've chat. Who, who in this room has been playing with Academy and writing stuff for Academy? I've been doing a little bit of that. That's good. Know. Yeah, I'm a fan. Mahmood has been nailing it. So he's been working a lot on that, and I've been helping a little bit with that stuff. So. I'm excited about the kid. Thomas. I'm excited about the uh, Maurice's uh, recent recent blog on connection details. Did anybody read that? That that oh, oh yeah. That there's this. Do so a link in the chat. Oh, I can do that. Let me uh, give me a second. Yeah. Like um, uh, one second. It, basically, the, let me find the bug. Basically, Spring Boot three that one. You you may not realize this, but they three that one. I mean, you two realize this. I'm just talking to the audience here, friends. Uh, they imagine doing something, introducing a new feature in Spring Boot that touches basically every other feature, right? You would think that would get a lot more fanfare, but it happened in just 3.1. Uh, and basically we, what they did is they introduced a, here it is. Um, they introduced, ta-da, a, a little bit of indirection. So normally you, in the old world before 3.1, which is to say everything for the last 10 years, basically, um, you have properties. They get turned into configuration properties objects. Those configuration properties objects get injected into auto configuration, and then they create a new database or Kafka, Kafka connection or, or this, that, and the rest. Okay, fine. And then uh, in the new thing, they added a bit of indirection. So now you have different ways to... Um, uh, you have different ways to create those those connection factories, those databases, those data sources. So they've extracted that into something called a connection details. 
So now you have, you know, either test containers or Docker Compose or property files. All of those can be used to create a connection details for a data source. And then that is what's used to configure um, the auto configuration for your data source. So you pass in the connection details. But, but what that means is you could also now contribute another type of connection details. And then that would get fed into the auto config for config. Like you need a data source for your JDBC template. So you're, you're, and you need a, you need a data source for all the stuff. So imagine you have a connection detail. That's what then feeds into the thing that creates the data source for you. Right. Well, well, like one of the interesting possibilities here is there's all this passwordless stuff, right? Yes. Like passwordless APIs and Microsoft Azure and so on. Um, like it, it's just a natural fit. So imagine having a, or 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 even just having a having imagine a, a connection details that looks in HashiCorp Vault and knows how to find the credentials for a particular thing, and then news up a, a thing for you, you know, or does password rotation, right? You don't want to have a Spring Data Source password because then you have to swap it out somehow. And we yep. do all sorts of shenanigans to like rotate that, right? Imagine if you could just yep. behind the scenes. Okay. Now you've got that little bit of abstraction cover to to do that little uh, switch you know yep and then it's a retry oh hey that didn't work maybe a retry you but you could have some system built in with those connection details yeah uh, there's the blog also solitaritarian the blog is the spring boot 3.1 connection details abstraction that you can find on spring.io's blog for those that are listening yeah. Solitaritarian asks a good question, and this question resonates. He says, this is an interesting topic. I've struggled to appreciate the messaging in Spring integration when I just needed to send a file to SFTP. What's wrong with old-fashioned interfaces? Now, the reason that this is a really timely topic is because we have Spring integration experts here. Also, yeah. uh, it, it was fairly recently where Josh did a few videos around FTP on his stream. So I know, yeah. and the thing is, in that, series that you did, Josh, you talked about making FTP a part of your spring integration. So I know that there's videos out there that we can reference, but maybe you want to jump in and ask, answer the question. Oh, uh, so I'm, so I'm struggling. Okay. I've struggled to appreciate the messaging in spring integration, et cetera, when I just needed to send it, what's wrong with old fashioned interfaces. So what am I, so what do you mean? I don't understand. What's the question? Yeah, I'm, I'm difficult. I'm having a, a little bit of a hard time myself because the way I see it is, is that with when you're dealing with spring integration, we're talking about enterprise integration patterns where we're saying this is the this is how we can control flow between various parts of how data flows within an app or between applications. So, in this case, is is it are, are we talking about making a direct call to the FTP service versus? You know, sending a message to like a gateway or something, or yeah, in my head without knowing exactly what the problem is. So, one of the things that I always offer up is like, hey, if we want to pair, I've paired with many. I think I maybe even have paired with Solitarian. Uh, I offer up like, hey, let's jump on. Let's look at some code. Let's look at it together. If you want to share a GitHub repo, you know how to get a hold of us. Twitter handles are all here. Uh, but yeah, the the thing that jumps out in my head is the idea of using. FTP as a part of my spring integration workflows. Like I connected that as soon as I saw Josh's series. So I'm going to recommend that we find that and I'll try to put those in the show notes. Uh, Alec has a good question. How come, how come can you have multiple domains with a microservice? Isn't that an anti-pattern? I would, in this case, the way that I would see it is that um, I have seen where people have denormalized some microservices where they have taken and they've, like taking the domains and split it out and it became too small and it became a performance drag for them. So they aggregated a few of the domains into a common service, not like aggressively huge, large, but in that case, there were still rules that they needed to enforce. So the thing is, is that you can normalize it out um, to a certain degree and it works, but then it's like, okay, I need to pull it back in because of this or this. And I've seen cases like that. Now, is that an anti-pattern? It depends. I think he's also talking about it in the sense of the modulith, like where I can have multiple names. And the whole idea of the modulith mm -hmm. approach is they don't have to be separate services at the beginning. No, right? One of the reasons why we do great point, services great is so that we can, we can go faster, right? We, the three of us, could work on the same project without impacting each other if they're separate 
But performance-wise uh, and, and pattern-wise and taking the production, it doesn't have to be that way. It, they don't have to exist as, as separate services that can all exist within the same monolith as a, as a, as a domain, right? Within and, there, where mm-hmm. instead of using like HTTP or whatever to, or if you're using Spring Cloud Stream to communicate between them during messaging framework, you can do that internally through the messaging uh, framework provided by Modulus. So you're still getting the same thing. They're just all incorporated within the same app. Right. So before Modulus gives you, crazy. yeah, go ahead. Modulus gives you something like CQRS, right? Like uh, you get events for notifications. You have repositories for queries. Um, it's and and CQRS is actually a pattern people envisioned. Not it. It works great in a distributed context, but it was originally envisioned just for like modular code bases, right? Um, and so and we all tried to do the modular code bases, but what yeah. happened was we didn't have those rules or the enforcement in place. So we said, well, I'll just do it this one time. I'll just I'll just implement one of those over there this one time, and it'll be fine. It's got public on it. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's how we got into oh, problems. The I'm next sorry. thing you know. Yeah. So I, I remind everybody that I do like to use this as kind of a therapy session sometimes. Just kind of, yeah. you know, let it go, talk about the pain. Uh, but then the best part about this is we get to talk about there's no more pain. Yeah. It, I think that's the thing is what, what threw me about his question was, is I was thinking about microservices being distributed and all that. And I said, well, sometimes you pull them in, but I was like, and I was thinking in the back of my head, preloaded modules, because when you pull it in as a module, you get that same stuff. You just pull it into an aggregate service. Um, but there's still domains just as modules versus services. And then when you said that, I was like, ah, yeah, thank you, Deshaun. You nailed it. So, Brian, do you have a YouTube channel? I don't know. No, but I guess I I, I, I know. At Spring Source Dev. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I have that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, that we have that. I have I mean, several talks on it. Yeah, and you've yeah. been here on the show a few times. True, true. Yeah. Not a personal one, but I do it through Spring. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stig says we use expensive CyberArk tools for secret management. Uh, Solitary Turian cool. says, I just wanted to use the SFTP template to send a file to SFTP, but instead I was almost forced to use the rather complicated messaging framework in there. This is something that we could probably look at together. You have, you, I mean, you, you can use the SFTP template. It's just better if you go to the channel. That way, you have uh, architectural indirection. You can you have opportunities to switch things out later. It's I don't know. Doesn't seem like too big a leap. Awesome. Thomas says many use cases at smaller customers don't need the complexity of microservices in Kubernetes. We should make the trade-offs analysis more often, and Modulith allows us to start with a monolith and then transition to microservices easier if we really need them at a later date. Yes. Uh, What's the alternative to Kubernetes? Are you like? Is that like? Uh, yeah, know, cloud run on Google Cloud. What's like the specific? What do people use besides Kubernetes? I mean, at some point, you're using something that's built on Kubernetes, right? Like <clears throat> on VMs, right? This is you're, you're asking a very, very like common question when, when I'm in conversations with customers. Like, where are your workloads running? Uh, some of them are running on the native uh, Java services, like. Uh, Google's Cloud Run, for example, or which is uh, which is Kubernetes. That's Knative, right? Azure, yep. Or the yeah, uh, yeah, Azure's Spring apps for enterprise, which right? is Kubernetes again. Kubernetes under. Yeah. Um, back in the day, we had uh, Elastic Beanstalk. I heard that recently. Yeah. Right, where it's still like, hey, here's oh, my yeah. workload, and it'll scale automatically, and that's got really nice hooks for Spring. But Docker, right? People are still building their own Docker files. I and I'm sorry, I'm trying to convert them as much as possible over to build packs, uh, but people are still delivering apps to VMs. ECS, okay, so people are, yeah. so what you're doing is you're using proprietary pla- platform specific container runtimes that don't have the features of Kubernetes and you're locked in. It doesn't It doesn't seem like a better deal to me. I, I don't get this, we're not gonna use Kubernetes. Like Kubernetes is, don't use Kubernetes directly, just use a layer on top of it, but definitely, you're gonna use. You're better off using something, you know, uh, on top of that. I don't know. I feel feel like that whole ship is kind of sailed, you know. Yeah. Um, so here's another shipping question. a VM seems weird. Um, where directly? Personally, um, I am running Kubernetes. Uh, I've got a handful actually. 
uh, I can jump into a little bit of a demo. We're going to talk about uh, scaling to zero. So I'm going to use this this talk about Kubernetes mm -hmm. to allow us to transition slightly towards this scale to zero. I use a product called Knative Serving. There you go. So that I can scale my apps to zero on my my laptop, on my my dev box, uh, and on the one that I'm I'm streaming with. Knative Serving gives me that capability, and it also with some of the features that Spring provides, it gives me the ability to have a good experience. So it's not just scale to zero, hey, uh, because I've also been in that position not too long ago where I had multiple Tomcat servers deployed. And if I wanted to switch from one project to the other, I would go and stop one Tomcat server. I go to a different directory and start up another one that had different configs because I didn't want the conflict. I didn't. I needed the same ports, or, for example, because that's all that I had. So it doesn't feel like it was that long ago where I was making those kinds of decisions. And now Kubernetes gives me <laughs> capabilities, but it's not just Kubernetes. Knative serving is kind of an easy approach to get to that scale to zero. So on my laptop, on on my desktop, let's let's do this. Let's shoot the screen. Uh, I'm going to try to do it this way. Please hold So like, hey, I ran into some issues, but we'll do it like this. We can all watch. Well, that didn't work. Come on, I really guys. like your backstage room. It's really I'm, nice. I appreciate the candies you put in there. The bars. <laughs> I'm trying to wipe my my little uh view there. Oh, there we go. There we go. Ooh, it's there. Uh, so I'm not going to start with that one. I'm going to start with this one because that one was giving me some problems. This idea of scaling to zero. So first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show, uh, I have I have lots of Kubernetes clusters that I run. Uh, and yeah, and that's cool. This is the way that I operate. So even on Docker desktop, kubectx, let's go to my Docker desktop. All right, it's not anything fancy, uh, but uh, but I'm running Knative Serving so that I can, and you don't, the thing is, you don't see the workloads that have scaled to zero. I get that memory back. It's not being consumed right now. So that's kind of cool. So that's, a, I wanted to show that first. So what I did before this, uh, and for those that didn't get to see that, I showed that I have a handful of Kubernetes contexts that I'm running uh, for the different clusters in my environment. And then I showed that I'm actually running Knative Serving on Docker desktop on my daily driver. So now I, before the show, I went and I built a, I built a project uh, using uh, the Spring CLI. I added the, the web and the Spring actuator. And now all I'm doing is a Maven. I'm going to run it. Uh, I already run did the of compile, I believe. Uh, so I'm going to do, no, not that. I'm just going to say target demo. Uh, maybe I didn't do it. Oh, so I got to do it again. So I'm going to do MDN. First, I'm going to check my Java version. Make sure I'm using the right Java version. So I do have Graal VM here. And now I'm going to do my P native native compile. So I made sure that I had Graal VM. I'm doing a native compilation. This is one of the steps that's going to allow me to do things like scaling to zero. And in this case, we're using Graal VM with the AOT processing capabilities of Spring Boot. Three, so it's going to take some time. It's going to on this machine. I believe it's going to take about sixty seconds, and that's one of the trade-offs. It's one of the reasons you don't want to do this as a part of your your inner loop development, right? If I'm making changes, if Josh is doing a demo, he's not rebuilding the native image. He's using the JVM and all the features that the JVM provides, like his dev tools. But on your way to production, you might want to throw this into your pipelines and have it deliver a native image. And if you're doing that, if you're building native images right next to your JVM-based images, then you can do a side-by-side -side comparison. Like if you're using something like Knative Serving or Kubernetes, you can actually send, hey, I want to send 20% of the traffic to this native image, and I want to send the other 80% of that traffic over to this JVM image. And you can do a side-by-side -side comparison on which one's going to perform better and then make a decision later on. But you don't have to be pot committed on either one validate. And the thing is, sometimes those decisions that we make, the assumptions that we make, sometimes it's a good idea to revisit them. So today, the way that 
this application is running, it might work better as a JVM image. But tomorrow, when I add feature X, it might actually deliver better as a native image. So now that our native image is done, it took 53 seconds. Now I'm going to run it. So I'm going to run target, slash target demo, uh, and we're running the background. And I can see that it started up in 0 0.077 seconds. Nice. So, oh, so satisfying. So if this was a, a container and I make a request that 0 0.07, it could be scaled to zero. What that number means is it was scaled to zero and then it's going to come up that fast and be ready to take traffic. So we you know, it feels also, I wish we could see the memory before and after too. That's always so, fun about that. So mm -hmm. I have a little memory. feature here that I can show Ooh, memory. how much this process ID I do. Actually, yeah. Josh, I'm trying to lose some memory weight. That's that's what I'm thinking of <laughs> <find> here. <laughs> Physical. So this process. So the scale to zero part is one thing. That's one part of the equation. But what you just brought up is that memory footprint. When we're doing native images, the memory footprint is much smaller. So in this case, it was just 35 megabytes for this native image. But this native image is only going to be able to run on Darwin ARM64. Again, one of the trade-offs. But if you're running, you know, you can do this on Linux, you can do this on Windows. If your production environment looks different and native images are an option, it's worth investigating at the least, take it and go for a spin. So that's one of those cool things. Now I can kill that process. But the other part of that scale to zero is, yeah, that startup time. So I could have a bunch of these and it might not be uh, the 35 megs. Maybe it's gonna be 300 megs or two gigs, but if I'm not using it, I get those two gigs back. Salad, we, we uh, you know, we, we, we're trying to we're trying to work through uh, easy ways to build applications that scale to zero. So suppose you wanted to deploy an application, uh, and it's going to be running for some incidental work. But then when it's not being used, you don't want to have it sitting there idle, just taking up memory, even if it's a dwindlingly small amount, as is enabled thanks to GraalVM native images. So that's what we're talking about. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Welcome to to the stream. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh, so we had a couple of questions here. Uh, thanks folks. Uh, modulus polylist, sound interesting. I'm a DevOps now rolling out Kubernetes in a predominantly Go Python node. Typical big monolith strangulation will propose modulus if DDD becomes hard. Yeah, the, the concept, the pattern of doing that is a great idea. When it becomes hard. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Sean. Oh, absolutely. How's your experience with Knative? Do you see any performance impact with FAS versus long -winded? So I use Knative for everything. Uh, and I can say like performance wise, uh, one of those clusters that I showed a second ago was Raspberry Pis. I've got multiple Raspberry Pi clusters running around here. So the ARM64 images that I'm building, I can run on these Raspberry Pi uh, devices and I love it. So Deshaun.dev is running on Raspberry Pis. So with Knative. So that's fun. That's I'm a big fan. And I'm also a big fan of Knative eventing and all the things that it provides. Cyclone says, is there any convenient way to create a JDBC data source on test containers, Tomcat, without preparing an image externally? Wait, what? Um, he's saying, I want, he's saying he wants Tomcat as a test container, is what I think he's saying. He wants to be able to define the JDBC data source in that test container. And that is a use case that I've not ran into. I still don't understand. Um, so instead of, uh, embedded Tomcat. He wants mm -hmm. to run a test container Tomcat. So think of how we do like our um, wait, like as a as a web server, like you're deploying yeah. to it. Service, yeah. Oh well, I guess you could just expose a volume and then, but that's weird. Why? Who's going to run the test container though? We yep. need Java code to run that. So here's here's one pattern that I have seen. Uh, and I'm going to just throw it out there. You can throw it back or you can throw it away. Uh, the idea where uh, organization, uh, they create their user service and hey, here's our user service. And then they develop a container as a test container to give out to the rest of the world. So as it's different than what we do with like a Spring Cloud contract, mm -hmm. where we're instead of sending out the contract, the stubs, 
we're sending they were sending out a container, a test container for their service. Why a test? Why not just a? Why not? So just you, when, when, when we say when we say test container, are we saying just a container? It's just a container. Yep. That yeah. Okay. Had a, okay. Had a a stubbed implementation of their user service that they can access. Neat. Yeah. That's the other thing I'm really digging. That authorization server in three dot one. Yes. Go on. That's hot sauce. It's hot sauce. I tell you. That's like. That's good. Let's, let's do more of that, please. That so, is. Try it out. Just. Eat. Yes. It's great. Uh, Thomas says the problem is if you don't get a platform on top of Kubernetes, because in reality you often don't get this. And I will take Docker Compose any day over native Kubernetes. As a dev, I don't care on what my app runs. And I'm going to challenge you to say, and, and we can you know, investigate this together. Uh, I want to get rid of all of your Docker Compose because every time that you run Docker Compose, all of those images are all up the whole time. The difference between that and what I'm doing on KDAP Serving, you can still have your Docker Compose-like setup that's going to deploy all of your instances, all of your backing services, but I can make it so those things scale to zero. So you can have your all of your apps running, your Docker Compose, I'm doing in air quotes, you can have all of those things running, but scale to zero, and you could have Slack open. Right, Josh? Slack and you, my uh, Slack is a terrible idea. But yes, you could, in theory. You, you feed up in a frame, but uh, but don't do that. Yeah. You know. So I get it. I get the value of Docker Compose, how easy you can configure. Uh, I get it. And Katie it's is, good for dev, yeah. but even there, you know. <clears throat> And now they even have, you know, there's easy ways to convert your Docker Compose into YAML, other YAML. Uh, it would be good if you guys could put something. Oh, we already did that. Uh, Been there, done that, got the yep. T-shirt. And he said, thank you. Uh, and Alex says, this 0.077 startup time looks sexy. Looks good. And this isn't the only way. So the native image route uh, is one way. And I, I had another demo here that I ran into some issues, but I would like to talk about crack. So the idea here is Azul has created a JVM. There Azul with crack, it's version 17. Uh, I will pull it up and I'll show as much as I can. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Well, where did the other one go? Uh, see, I'm not, I don't have my cohort here. Well, maybe I won't show it because that's confusing me. Uh, but the idea is you can start up your JVM image. No extra steps. You start up your JVM image. You get it to a point where all your classes are loaded. And then you take a checkpoint. And that checkpoint writes some stuff to disk. And then the next time you run it, you can start from that checkpoint. The coordinated restore from that checkpoint. So your startup time for this Spring Boot application with Crack from Azul, you could actually have a better startup time in some cases than you do with the native image because all of your oh, things are loaded. I've seen demos where it's like five milliseconds. It is, it's not just a little better. I've seen ridiculous, you know. Oh, so now we have hey. options. Is it time well, to I think pack up and, and head to the airport? No, somebody, I got a call from Fredericks. Fredericks Maryland, I think, some spam. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now my um, phone is. I, I don't know if it's but I think also if you're pulling in a lot of other, like Spring worked really hard on the native to make sure we, you know, coordinated with other projects to make sure that you know when you start a native compilation, it really did handle all the hints to make a lot of those hints to make it simple. But sometimes you are pulling in other things that were that were not ready at the time. So it adds complexity if you if you have to add a lot of these hints. When you're doing crack, it really does simplify it because you don't have to do that. You're just doing a regular compilation, a run, a checkpoint. So there is that difference of of, of complexity um, when you're doing your project building. Uh, that's another advantage that you do get from like a crack. Yeah. And and the thing is, is it really does when you know, in the jug, when people say, which one should we use? It's like, well, you really do have to know what test cases you're going for. And 
if you know if it's startup time versus memory, then yeah, crack is great. I don't know. You know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop there. Sebastian did something for Spring.io that really it was like that charge. So look up, look up Spring.io, Sebastian, yeah, Deleuze. Look that chart up. It's awesome on saying what is your kind of your basic decision matrix on when you should use crack or native or just stay with a regular JVM. So and that that's that's a true. It depends moment yeah. is which one gets me there faster and which one is faster uh and schaefer introduced me to the seven layer dip it depends that's great <laughs> yeah. um does it have guac uh, in it though? <laughs> so, uh, there's options and the thing my default setting is it's so easy with spring and spring boot to validate these things if you've got a test framework that's going to go and run, you know, your million transactions per minute, like go run it, run it against a native image, run it against uh, an image with crack. If that startup time matters, then hey, crack's a great option. If the the performance of the JVM matters, then maybe because now there's kind of another vector that we have to deal with is like the dollar sign, right? Like how much money is it going to cost to run uh, three instances with the the larger memory footprint? Uh, using crack for that good startup time versus uh, the four images that I might take to get the same performance output uh, running on the native image. Like there's these checks and balances, these, these Absolutely. different things we have to investigate and we have to do that more often now, right? I like that you just started this conversation with dollar signs and then mentioned the word checks and somehow it... That all made sense. <laughs> it really is. A, it's a, I, I it's a checks and balances and it does make sense, Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Yes. <laughs> Face purple wide eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Praful, Kumar, Sony, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh is there a recommended guide for PaxCLI to build Spring Boot Docker images specifying a jar path? Couldn't use Spring Boot build image task since we have some image customization requirements. I will definitely point you to cloudpacks.io. Buildpacks.io first. And or then Paketo.io. Yep, Paketo.io. Uh, there, there's definitely guides and look at their examples uh, and go to the the Java build pack. Uh, yeah, go to the Java build pack, configure the docs on Paketo.io and that'll give you all of the things that you need. So definitely. And if you've got more questions, you reach out. Uh, I know a thing or two about build packs. I'd be happy to help you get to where you need to go. You know, it just occurred to me, lots of countries don't have they have cashier's checks, but we don't. Most countries don't have like personal checks anymore. It's just America. It's basically useless in most of the rest of the world. Yeah. Do you have checks? You, you have checks. Uh, I mean, most countries don't have it, right? Like, n- not personal checks, right? I don't have personal checks either because I haven't used paper money for decades. But yeah. like, you know, um, but still, like, it's just a very like. Have you ever tried to give somebody a personal check in some other country? I don't they know if I have no idea one out anymore. They'll just it has been a long time. I, I, I actually up, you know? do have a book of checks and it's got dust on it hidden away in the house. And it's yeah. like emergencies. I mean it's emergencies. Emergency, it's, yeah. It's like that one service tech that comes by and says, Yeah, well, we're gonna charge you three or four percent and use the credit card. Okay, now how do I fill out a check? Um <laughs> think about this. Um, yes. amount. So this is yeah, great. I don't, so much work (laughs) (laughs) tap yeah and that's the other thing too is not every place in america has the tap i i kind of get spoiled Uh, everything's just like well just tap here no no my card doesn't work yeah they just tap no it doesn't just tap it doesn't (laughs) tap it's not just a platform it's a way of (laughs) commerce you know yes yes tap that's that's my life for money and kubernetes Every time I go buy something, I think tap. Just yeah. Just well, I mean, and, and so I've got this watch. This watch is like, you know, uh, it's almost dangerous how easy to buy things now. Like, yeah. Wrist. Oh, I bought something. Oh, well. <laughs> Taking it home. I needed, I needed that guard gnome anyway. Yes. <laughs> Don't even have Put it outside my apartment right there. Oh, yeah. Look at this. See? Uh, yep. Oh, I got it. No way yeah, I got rid of checks. Good. At least 35 years ago, but when I lived in Canada from 2006 2009, they used checks. Oh, yep. Say that must have been something. Oh. That must have been something. Yeah. So this is great. 
This is great. Josh, you can take your call. We are we are running up uh, towards the end of the hour. Uh, get your questions asked uh, if you didn't get them. Uh, what I like to say is at my house, if you come over for dinner and you leave hungry, that's your fault. If you come to office hours <laughs> and you have questions and you leave without asking your question, that's your fault. So get your questions asked. We have we have the experts here waiting for you. I've got questions. You have some questions? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Ask questions. How you doing, my friends? I. Uh, how are you? Like, what's going on? I just realized we didn't do the whole formality thing. We just kind of dove right into it. We did. But we just jumped right in. It's office hours. We're just hanging out, and then we have the, the hangout stuff. That's what happens. I'm doing great, and I'm better now. I liked your metaphor about writing a letter. And having a new piece of paper for each. I like that. And it's stuck. I'm thanks, man. I I've been doing this whole thing. I haven't had a cup of coffee yet. And so for me personally, in my life, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a cup of coffee here. Absolutely. And it just you makes me feel better. Sunrose. Like we, we watched the sunrise oh, behind you. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> we watched, we yeah. had to share a sunrise together, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, not wasn't our first one. <laughs> Don't lie. Uh, uh, we, we, we watched some microsystems rise and fall. Like oh, was, yeah, we saw that, you know. we saw that one. <laughs> Solitary Turian. I will. I will give you a demonstration on how I scale to zero. I'll do that offline though. So look for a video uh, coming out. Cool. Did I do it today? Yeah, maybe later today. Look for a video on that. Uh, and Alexander says, I have a question about Spring Tomcat WebSocket client and random disconnections. We are getting reason unexpected status of SSL engine result after an unwrap operation and code. Oof. I have not. I can say that I have not seen that. Have you seen that? No, stack out. It's like a classic stack trace. Got to look it up. Yeah, let's let's get that documented somewhere. Uh, maybe a GitHub repo or a stack overflow. And then, yeah, shoot me a link and I'll take a look personally. But thanks. Thanks for asking the question. It, it'd be nice. I wish I could say, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, but I haven't. So happy to work with you on that offline. Great. Any other questions, get them answered or get them asked and answered, hopefully. And I'll just say again, thanks. Well, so the shirt much. of the day. What's, what's the shirt of the day uh, look like? Shirt of the day. Let me see if I can stand up and let you all see it. There we go. So oh, we see this. Well, it's a little blurry. <laughs> see the sun, the earth, and the moon, and then the moon is crying, and it says, uh, "Like they're here." I'm sure it's just a phase. It's just a phase. So uh, there we go. A little, a little bit of an uh, uh, astronaut, uh, uh, astronomical kind of thing there. Humor. Yes, it's blurred, but I loved it. That's totally worth it. Yeah, I've got the background blurred just because I want to be mysterious. That's good. I wish I should get my background because. I want to. I want to come off as clean and professional. <laughs> I gave up on that years ago, and it's made my life very good. Excellent. Excellent. So what's about so, it for breakfast? What's yeah. For breakfast? Well, so they have. So here in Australia, oh, coffee. <laughs> they pride themselves on their coffee house culture. You know, they have lots of like legit coffee options here, whereas in other places we just eat miters and I don't know what they think the rest of us do but <laughs> they keep on reminding me of how good the coffee is here and I'm like oh thanks a lot I've, it's not like I've never been to a coffee house before but oh, straws look I'm a I'm an iced coffee guy um yeah it depends some people but uh no. you know I don't care hey I just saw the word SSL result and it uh, reminds me of one of my new favorite features Oh, uh, SSL bundle. Let's go. Support in Spring Boot 3.1. Has anybody else played with that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So explain what this is doing. So imagine you're trying to use MongoDB. Don't do that. But it, oh, you could do that. I don't care. Imagine you're using MongoDB. It's easy. And you want to make an SSL connection, right? So it's very easy to build your application that does something. Um, Melbourne? Melbourne. Ah, oh, good to know. Um, <clears throat> so... Imagine you're trying to use uh, MongoDB or you're just trying to use Postgres or whatever. We, we build our applications, we test it, we cycle through. It's all, all well and good. Then it's time to go to production. Okay, well, now your connections need to be SSL. Oh, okay. And that, that'll usually trip people up. So a lot of us spend a lot of time setting up the keys and lining up the, the 
the stars so that they uh, they all line up you know correctly and they're secure and all that. And and that's just one thing. And imagine you're trying to also secure your HTTPS application, you know, or, or whatever else. Or trying to make a, a SSL uh, web client request or REST template, REST template request, whatever. And Spring Boot has had this proliferation of different properties that you, you, you can use to specify certificates and keys. And there's sometimes they disagree. There are different values for different things. And um, it's just never been very consistent. So now in Spring Boot 3.1, there's this new unified thing called the SSL bundle. You can specify what we call trust material, which is keys and certificates and what all, uh, in one place and then reference that in all these other places. So anywhere else in the Spring Boot ecosystem that takes or that can be configured to do SSL, we have this normalized abstraction you can use to, to specify it in one place. So now you can use the same certificates everywhere, you know, which is good, yes. super convenient. And that means if you want to update it, you just need to update that one object. And of course you can do that with properties. So, you know. So good. Well, gentlemen, thank you so I, much. I see I see why Phil Josh right now. I yeah. see happiness. Or that's, not happiness. That's not happiness. That's, that's um that's Australian. <laughs> I needed it. And whatever. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. Thanks everybody for joining. And for those that are, are listening online later, thanks. And thank you for you thank you for joining. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. This was fun. I learned a thing or two. Right. And it was good to see you all. You're better than coffee. I started with you all. And uh, and knowing that this experience is about to wrap up, I, I may try some coffee to make the medicine go down. Um, right. Bye, my friends. Thanks a bunch. Take, Take care. care, folks. <laughs>